Hello listeners and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast, bringing you energy matters in an informal setting. I'm Richard Sverson and joining me today is Niels Kompe, who is Head of Power Portfolio Management at Lichtblick, one of Germany's most prominent, or dare I say, number one green supplier of energy. Welcome to you, Niels. It's a pleasure to have you here. Hi, Richard. Mm -hmm. Nice to be here. Niels, could you tell us a little bit uh, first about Lichtblick, what, what you do and more about your, your plans going forward? Yeah, of course. Uh, Lichtblick is, as you said, an, an energy provider and we are, we are happy to be number one in that. Active in the German market since 1998. So we started with the market liberalization within the German market mm -hmm. uh, with, with some others and yeah, built up in that way a, a new market segment, green power for, for end customers. and. We now currently have about 500,000 private customers we do deliver with green power mm. and approximately 70,000 business customers which we do deliver with green power. Besides that, we have established some more, some more fields. So we are also active within the gas segment where mm. we have different sustainable solutions. Uh, we offer different range of e-mobility solutions and also Yes, some digital software solutions, which we summed up under Schwarmenergie. Okay, so is the demand for green energy? I mean, we hear about Germany as the big sort of growth, is the engine of, of the energy transition in a way, in some respects anyway, in terms of green power expansion. But what about the demand for, for such, you know, for green energy, whether it be power or gas in Germany? Is that still growing or has it sort of waned off a bit? It was on hold in recent years, maybe, maybe up to the summer of last year, and there mm. are things changed due mm. to the climate debate which started then mm. also as we in Germany had an extraordinary hot summer mm. and uh, parallel to that the Greta debate started and the Fridays for Future debate which is mm. which is widespread the Greta Thunberg, Greta yeah. Thunberg which mm. is widespread over, over Germany and we see it also not only in our contract numbers but also in recent polls we have made that the need for green power supply is is uh, growing on, on a fast pace in the moment and of course we ask ourselves how sustainable this is but mm. we are quite lucky on that that the topic of being delivered with sustainable energy is is on the agenda again mm. as it had been also in Germany uh, with the nuclear nuclear debate end of the 2000s. So this is the, the nuclear phase out and uh, debate so this is also providing another driver or driving customers towards you then and you as an established player you know are in a good position. Yeah exactly mm. so we see that especially the the common player in the market or the ecological pioneers as, as Lichtblick is was mm. profits most from from this movement as other does mm. but on the other side to be honest the, the green power product itself it's spread all about every supplier in the moment in the market mm. so as we started only a dozen green mm. energy suppliers were offering green products and mm. I think no I do not know any supplier who does not have a green product so the competition mm on those customers is getting tougher and tighter. So it's quite fierce competition, yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, if we could talk a little bit about the policy environment in, in Germany. Um, you know, I, I see, you know, that they've recently signed off a climate package. They're determined to exit coal by 2038. How do you see this, this, this developing in Germany? What's your view on this? Is it going too slowly, too fast? Definitely too slowly mm. uh, because it's always reacting on, on social movements or social needs we see in the moment. 
moment. Mm. So, for example, the climate package, which is more, uh, which are various points summed up in a, in a kind of climate package. What what is missing there is a kind of an idea behind that. So we see a lot of extra spending, a lot of extra taxes on that, but there's no no connecting idea between all these single measures. Mm. So my personal feeling in the in the moment is that the government is kind of overacting or just mm. tries to set up some some laws to to calm the mm. social needs and the social movement or environmental movement. So it's a very reactive rather than a proactive step in in determining you know ambitious climate goals. Because do you think that then the power of the coal lobby or the people who are you know the, the big fossil fuel generators that is that too strong then do you think i'm wondering from from which this i call it fear comes from because mm. the the non-ambitious climate package at that is one because everybody in the and the politician itself for sure also do know that with this package it's not possible to reach climate goals in 2030 mm. where we need really more ambitious cuts and really more ambitious measures i personally assume that it's a fear of of the voters and mm. because the debate we have in the moment is that they fear the yellow jackets okay uh, swapping kind of from france to to germany and there is a widespread fear between the current coalition between the conservatives and the socialist party that mm. we will have a similar movement if we if we take too heavy climate measures if the policies become too ambitious it was 2030 exactly, exactly. So. so what would you like to see then the policymakers in berlin doing I would like to see an an idea of what we want to reach in 2030, and that has to be the Paris goals, mm, um, mm. and it has to be an ambitious plan, and this has to be, in my opinion, connected with an with a social idea of how to organize that in way of of taxes, in way of of refunding money from mm. from polluters to to consumers. Mm. So there are, I think, the lobbying groups and the Politic groups are producing a lot of reports how to organize social and ambitious environmental policy. So mm. there are a lot, lot of ideas in the market how to organize that. Mm. But what is missing is a courage. Mm. And maybe this is the demand. Mm. We need somebody who it's takes action. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, our hope is that maybe within the next coalition or yeah, will be the Green Party uh, participated and pushes that. We'll be more active in pushing for change and quicker change. So Germany has missed its 2020 targets. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think it's likely to miss the 2030 targets? Too? Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. As I said, with, yeah. with this climate package, it's, it's obviously not realistic to reach any, <laughs> any 2030 goal. Mm. Uh, because we have to come down to 55%, I think, in of our emissions uh, mm. we had in 1990 and yeah we are in the moment at 36 or 37 already missed the 2020 goal and to mm. come from from this level to 55th mm. needs really more ambitious measures than we undertake mm. even though germany is the front runner in terms of renewables you know expansion but maybe it could be overtaken by 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 other countries in the in the coming years in europe anyway let's go back to you know, more nitty gritty kind of GOs and PPAs, these lovely so guarantees of origins and power purchase agreements, which are 
which are a, a massive, uh, massively important for both renewables producers, suppliers, yourself, and also for customers and and, and, and consumers who want to be who want to be green and and, and sustainable. Now, uh, how do you see the PPA market developing? When we're coming to the end of the Renewable Act in Germany, uh, you know, the EG as it's called. So, what do you see PPAs replacing that? I think they they're adding it up the IIG because mm-hmm. what we see right now in respect to the German market is that the market is developing right now so mm. it's not been existing before because it was not possible to generate geos from from german mm. from german renewable projects due to the specific setup of the market regulation within the iig and it's from an energy supplier mm. extremely interesting as we mm. see that now the qualities from all turbines which mm. aren't allowed to receive any subsidy anymore mm. and also from large solar projects which mm. can be built up to, to current market price levels mm. outstanding of the subsidy regime mm. and those projects are able to, to generate GOs mm. and for that it is possible for us as energy supplier to connect those projects directly to customers and mm. this could be our private customer base but this also could be larger industrials or larger business customers who are seeking for yeah, stronger commitment on, on sustainability or energy transition in Germany mm. and what I believe is that this development could speed up the energy transition from a market perspective mm. strongly because What's starting right now within the German market is is a b- debate where the geo quality or the green quality comes from. And mm. in Germany, it is that way that up to now, most of the green quality were delivered from, from Norway hydro plants. Mm. And what we see also in the background of the current environmental or Greta Thunberg debate, mm-hmm. we, we mentioned mm. there's a, a growing awareness of what do I buy here if I, if I mm. close a green power contract? Mm. And there are more and more customers who are interested in direct solutions in that way that they want to be aware of where they are be deli- delivered from and they prefer a, mm. a regional or national solution. Purchase or the sourcing of Nordic hydrogeos in Germany, is that at all controversial? Not yet, Not because yet, there, mm-hmm. there never have been a debate. We, we know it from, from the Netherlands market where there had been a, a I think they named it Schummelstrom mm. debate in, mm. in t- 10 or 8 years ago. Mm. And since then, all customers in that market were aware of how oh, I prefer Dutch qualities in respect to, to Nordic, mm. Nordic qualities. And I could imagine that a similar debate could could rise up in uh, could rise up in, in the German market. So with the availability of, of those qualities. Sure. How do you find? I mean, what what does Liquid do at the moment? How where do you source your uh, your green power from? I mean, the guarantees of origin. In respect to our private customer, and that is what we can handle because mm. business customers we cannot mm. say from which quality he wants to be delivered in the end. Mm. But for our private customer base we deliver them with 100% German hydro Mm. uh, plants and our aim is to increase the share of wind and solar due to to PPAs we we already have closed and we probably gonna close some more within the next years. Mm -hmm. 
in in both for wind and solar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Your your guarantees of origin strategy. So, can you have you got something? Have you got some numbers here, Nils, at all that you can say how how um, you know, you say you have some Nordigios and some German Hydro? How does that split up in terms of terawatt hours or? Yeah, of course. Our our total portfolio we we deliver in the moment in the German market is about two point six terawatt hours, mm-hmm. and it's nearly. 50-50 split it between private customers and business customers. Mm-hmm. So we source approximately 1.2 terawatt hours of, of German hydro mm-hmm. and the rest is mostly Nordic hydro but we have some more sophisticated solution in that way that approximately 20% of our business customers ask for specialized solutions okay. and this could be a client to asset solution that they would prefer to be delivered from a specific power plants, this could be specific amendments from a from an environmental label, mm. um, this could be a specific source and mm. our aim within the business customer sector is to fulfill every need as long sure. as it fits to a general environmental perspective which mm. the customer has. Um, but to say in general, what we see, the majority of business customers still are quite price sensitive. Mm. So the price arguments still counts very much. And Nordic Hydro then is cheaper than the German equivalent. Yeah. Exactly. The Nordic Hydro still in the GO market is uh, for sure the most most cheapest option mm. and many business customers decide for that. Yeah, absolutely. So how how do you see the customers that I mean, you mentioned, you know, we, we have had Extinction Rebellion, Greta Thunberg, the, you know, from the customer side, there's an increasing pressure to, to go green. So do you see then that the, the customers in Germany want the locally produced wind or locally produced solar is, and is there a premium on top of that that you could potentially charge do you think <laughs> I will start with the demand because that's something we, we expect to, to, to gonna be changed mm. within the next months and, and years mm. uh, because the demand is and that we also know from, from surveys and polls we have made mm. is, is demanding quite quite fast in the moment and mm. on both sides private and as well as business customers side mm. and many business customers also feel the duty of being engaged within or having more awareness of their sustainability of the total supply chain mm. uh, especially if they are in you know, an end customer market as closing textile and in, in trading so if they have a direct link to the to the end customer itself mm. they have a higher awareness of being sustainable in respect to their total supply chain mm. but we expect that to to grow the mm. demand for green energy mm. if there's an extra willingness to pay mm. we're gonna find out in the moment <laughs> <Of course, laughs> because yeah. this is always mm. this is quite ambivalent as mm. the need for being sustainable is, is growing quite fast mm. the willingness of paying extra for that is lacking behind a little bit but we are mm. quite optimistic that this is gonna develop also with the next with the next months for sure but <laughs> and, and as you said it's a very competitive environment exactly yeah. yeah you know you mentioned the industrial or you know or industry or industrial consumers um, in Germany as part of the EG a lot of the or is it, if it's part of the EG or not but a lot of the large industrial uh, companies or clients get compensated for the carbon elements of their power price mm-hmm. and that, do you think and that's holding back maybe or restricting um, them going out and finding PPAs or signing PPAs. Do you see this changing or you know, how would you like to see the regulations change? Do you think 
do you, you know, is that likely as well that they could be changed? I've heard from from a colleague who is responsible in, in Berlin for for politics uh, that this is, a, is indeed a topic, and mm. this is discussed within within the government in the moment because it's weird that all the industrials and the large industrials off takers we have in the moment mm. aren't engaged for for that reason mm. you have mentioned that they have the fear of losing the compensation and they mm. would yeah pay double in the end if mm. they choose to take a green ppa mm. and this would be an action we expect the government to take mm. just to enable the industrial and all all the market power we have in the moment to use that to mm. generate and to be engaged within the energy transition in the german market mm. so this would be quite logical for if only a small small share of the industrial consumption would be switched to to green demand, mm. uh, a long term green demand, this would be an, had an incredible impact. Mm. So this would be for sure one measure we we ask for. So for, to have these big indis- industrial groups on yeah. board in the green transition is, yeah. is, is is crucial. I mean, do you see, for example, you know, tech giants coming in into Germany? There, is there interest from them as well in terms of you know sourcing green power from Germany in this sense? What we see in the moment, but I'm not sure if it's if it's exactly your, your mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of interest on the on the PPA market mm-hmm. and the the post IAG market. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of new players engaged, trying to find out where their market share in respect to the total supply chain is, mm-hmm. from buying assets up to delivering DMA activities, so market mm. access activities or services, mm. and also in respect to the operational maintenance mm. market, there's a lot lot of action. Also, I've heard about some small platforms who try to bring together potential sellers and buyers of PPAs, but this is still on a very early stage. Mm. Um, but. Yeah, there are indeed a lot of, of market forces in the moment. We see yeah, we see opening or we see we see evolving of, of geos qualities within the market. So it's still quite embryonic in, in that sense on the large industrial whether it be tech or industrial. Yeah. There's still a lot of potential yeah. there, out there. Yeah, is that that's what I'm that's what I'm gauging from you here, uh, Niels. Following on from that, is there anything else that you would like to see change on the regulatory side that would ease like you know, that would that would ease the green transition? Uh, what what we aim for? If or you had a top list yeah, for the German government, you know, we, yeah. we have that, and yeah. uh, I, I will start with, with yeah. the first one. What we need, also in respect to the PPA, PPA topic, which I said is is crucial for the development of the free geo market and the mm. green power market in Germany. Uh, we need price security because mm. what we see is with fluctuating market prices. Uh, for example, in respect to the post turbine power plants, we had two years ago when market prices were of a level of 35 uh, to 40 euros per mm. megawatt hour. On uh, the wholesale markets. Yeah. On, on the, exactly. Mm. We had the debate that all these, the continuing of operation of these plants is not is not possible due to economic reasons. Mm. And this debate faded out in respect to increasing market prices. Mm. But what we see is, if we are talks with, with different operators, that each operator has specific operations cost and yeah, on the level we see in the moment realistic in the market mm. and with every price drop as happened this week for example mm. the one or another project would fall out of the possibility of being continued with operations mm. so what we ask for is a kind of minimum 
a price for EURs or a minimum mm. uh, carbon dioxide tax in that mm. way we just need something from a politic level which would guarantee a certain level of wholesale market prices it mm. would help indeed a lot mm. and from an off-taker perspective we have a second point because also in respect to new solar projects outstanding mm. of the IIG we have a kind of legal uncertainty mm. uh, in respect to long-running contracts and mm. um, how long is it allowed to deliver customers with power and there the legals already are <laughs> in discussions a lot on is, mm. is a seven-year contract is an eight-year contract to an end customer and business mm. customer mm. or a 10-year contract still legal or legal, viable, legal yeah. viable mm. Yeah, mm. exactly and mm. there are doubts about and that's something where we ask about that we need in respect to this kind of ppa projects mm. where potential off-takers commit themselves for off-taking power for a really long period mm. that we need in respect to that business model 100% mm. security from a legal perspective. So more of a sort of price floor for certainly for carbon and then also some clarity or certainty in terms of the legal yeah. nature of the contracts. Yeah. Niels, thank you very much. I'm sure there'll be, there'll be plenty to follow in Germany in the, in the years to come and many changes uh, afoot, I would say. So once again, thank you very much for joining the Montel Weekly Podcast and I look forward to hearing from you again. Thank you. Please follow all the news and the, the latest developments in energy markets on Montel Online. You can follow us on social media, uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. And please subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's all from me. Goodbye. Thank you.